Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, strapping ourselves into a shiny new PSVR 2 headset and picking up some brand new PS, PSVR 2 Sense controllers provided to us for free by Sony before waking up and realising we're just holding some morning wood. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I'm your host, Joel JB Fury Beauchene, and with us this week, as always, are the DG crew, starting with the PC Gamer, the Sultan of Steam, uh, in the process of casting all three unforgivable curses on the lady pushing the lolly cart on the Hogwarts Express. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Ferg. Oh, JB. Thanks for having me, mate. Yes, I'm ruthless like that. And uh, speaking of PlayStation VR 2, that's days away now, is it? Certainly, certainly is. So uh, we're going we're gonna to have a little chat about that tonight. Uh, and then when which... it comes out, you could say it's days gone. Am I right? Uh, yeah, so, something like that, Sumo. That's... Uh... Yeah, I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Is that a really that. bad delay or just a delay? I mean, it was a joke. bit of a bad delay. Are you guys getting a bit of a bad delay? No, we're, we're not yeah, getting anything at all. Uh, also with us this week, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage. He'd rather fist his own urethra instead of playing Diablo on any platform. It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Yes, and you know what? I might even put it to the test when Diablo 4 comes out. If I must, if I must review it by Activision Blizzard, I um, I might send them a, a bit of an email saying, and with a bit of a video in it for them saying this is what I'm doing. Oh dear! Might do that. Oh um, my gosh! Maybe, <laughs> maybe don't. Oh. Uh, you might bring this uh, this whole uh, podcast into disrepute. Um, finally, we've got the Nintendo Queen. Her <laughs> ultimate goal is to be in the starring role of Fantasy Life, the girl who steals time and steal herself a few extra hours of sleep. It's uh, <laughs> none other than uh, Pisty herself. It's Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Pisty. Thank you very much. Hello, everyone. How are you all tonight? Oh, geez, I've, been, on, uh, I've been in the same house as you all day, so... <laughs> We're on bloody Jump satellite day. today. Yeah, it's delay really today. Cool. Thank you. Fucking hell. <laughs> well, uh, kicking, Not good. Th- Not good. <laughs> kicking things right off. Uh, this was uh, posted well, by Kieran Verbruge at Press Start. So, Horizon Call of the Mountain, obviously developed by Guerrilla Games. It's currently sitting at a 79 on Metacritic, and it's due for release on the 22nd of February alongside the PSVR 2. So while virtual reality has quickly become a space for some fantastically innovative and unique video game experiences, the number of titles that could be comfortably considered AAA VR blockbusters is quite small. 
With the arrival of the PlayStation VR 2, though, it's clear a killer app was needed to show potential punters that this is the next generation home VR platform. Something to communicate what the combination of the PS5's powerful hardware and the PSVR 2's cutting edge feature set could be capable of beyond novelty. Enter Horizon Call of the Mountain. So already, uh, you know, Kieran's, uh, uh, you know, uh, putting it out there that he's, he's a bit of a fan of uh, Call of the Mountain. <laughs> Sounds like it. So uh, he's saying, as a side story to the events of Horizon's past, Call of the Mountain puts players in the figurative shoes of Rias, an ex-Shadow Carger, hoping to redeem himself in the eyes of the Karja and Sundom as a whole. Uh, the game opens with the player being escorted to the care of Blameless Murad, who uh, we remember from the original Horizon games. He was the, the sort of second in charge to the the, the Sun King, um, and fans will obviously recognise him. Uh, shortly after, things go awry, machines attack, um, and, you know... On and on it goes. Uh, all the all the usual uh, horizon shtick there. Shenanigans. Um, <clears throat> most of the missions you'll go on and areas you'll explore in Call of the Mountain will also task you with figuring out light environmental puzzles that are typically very hands-on. All of the opportunities that the game gives you to interact with things in a nearly one-to-one fashion are a heap of fun and feel incredibly tactile and natural. Even the optional gesture-based movement that has you walking by gingerly swinging your arms works well as a stand-in for actual ambulating and doesn't feel nearly as goofy as it probably looks from the outside. So, yeah, mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. This this is the part that, mm. that really captured my attention, though. One of my favourite touches is the way the game has you physically craft the new weapons and gadgets you find uh, you find blueprints for uh, along the journey, putting the different components into place and binding them with rope. So using your hands, you're actually physically mm. crafting the shit that you're crafting. In other words, um, which to me sounds like a pretty interesting sort of departure from simply clicking. Oh, yeah, I'd like this upgrade. Bang, you know, um, do it. Yeah. Um, so mm. what? What do you guys think about that? What do you what do you reckon, Steely? Look, I really like the sound of this. Sounds really cool. I, I mean, obviously, a good step in the right direction to put this game into into VR. Obviously, there's got to be things that make you feel more immersed and and more in touch with the world. But um, I really look forward to when you buy it, Joel. I really would love to play it, and oh. I will give you chocolate if you let me. Um, but nothing else, <laughs> no hand stuff. <laughs> okay nice uh what a deal it's yeah well, it's, i hate to say it's going to be a while for me yet but uh but you know it's it's an interesting idea i mean the fact that it's sitting at a 79 on metacritic's a little bit concerning and um i, I think one of the sort of negative reviews that uh, that I, I sort of read on there said it's a fairly vanilla like rock climbing simulator. <laughs> that's uh, oh, that's basically the way cool. they described it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in two minds as to whether this is going to be a real a real winner for, for Gorilla, but mm. it um, 
probably still worth playing because it, uh, according to what they're saying, it sort of fleshes out some of the uh, the sort of backstory of what's gone on in the Horizon world and um, the story and everything about the Horizon world is probably the best part of those games. In mm. my I mean, I think I think I've mentioned before. I have zero experience with VR. I barely even put one on my head. So, is it as far as the technology? Are we at a point now where they've sort of got it nutted out that they can release and deliver? You know, like amazing experiences you know 10 out of 10 experience are we at that point or are we still trying to work out vr and are we losing a few points just because we're not quite there with the technology or it's funny because like when we were in japan i found that even this because we went to a couple of avr park in japan i don't say a couple because it was only one and um even we, we did this one experience was just like basically pedaling a bike through the sky and that was the most bland to be fair with you the most bland experience we could have probably had but it was still fun you know like because it was just like the the spectacle of being able to fly through the sky and go through like rocks and things like that and then at one point your car your bike thing stops working you fall like you're falling straight down and it's it was pretty thrilling so, like, mm. for me, even if it's just climbing rock simulator, I'm there because I'm not going to go climb rocks in the real world. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't want a head injury. My, you know? I'd much prefer doing it in this fanciful world where I get to then craft a bow and arrow and all this kind of stuff. Like, absolutely. So, I'm there. So, we're thinking maybe this, you know, 79 still a decent score. You said 79, didn't you, Jay? Yeah. Still a yeah, solid score, but we're thinking maybe that the game's lacking a bit as opposed to the technology and how much fun you can have in the VR space, considering this is a new piece of kit as well, which from, by all reports is amazing, the yeah, capabilities. Well, everything that I'm reading about the hardware is is fairly consistently saying the hardware is is at the peak of where VR sits today. Like it is top-notch hardware. And so I guess you just need to have competent developers that are putting forward games and things that that are going to live up to the hardware like i guess it's no different to the playstation 5 or xbox series x themselves um you've got a system that can run amazing shit Mm -hmm. so it's up to the developers to serve up stuff to take advantage of everything that they can do um and um i think we covered a, a, a few weeks back the the guy who founded Oculus uh, in the the first instance, he he tried out Sony PSVR two and raved about how good it was. Mm. Um, so the other game that that sort of caught my interest, aside from Call of the Mountain, um, was a, a Walking Dead uh, game, mm. which in the the little sort of preview that I saw of it. Uh, I saw like there was there was the sort of zombies coming towards the player and. He's got the sense controller and on the screen he's holding a chainsaw and so you're literally like waving the controller around <laughs> just chainsawing your way through uh, zombies oh, and, and shit like that. So, And not to mention like because it's got the finger touch detection, as soon as you take your finger off the trigger on the controller, like you see on, on screen the character's finger comes out of the trigger guard on the gun and, you know, there's a lot of, lot of little touches like that and there's a, a button that, 
that you press to sort of simulate that you're holding something, like that you you sort of clamped your hand around something. And so if you let go of that button, your character on the screen lets go of the physical item in that hand, whether it's a Molotov cocktail or a gun or a knife or whatever the case may be. So I think it does add a pretty significant level of realism to what we've already seen so far and probably a lot of, you know... uh, a lot of interactivity and, and immersion. That's the mm. word I was looking for. Um, so I'm keen to see where it all goes from here. But, uh, I mean, at this stage, I'm still planning on getting one, but it just won't be for, for some time yet. Uh, unless, of course, Sony do want to send a free P- PSVR 2 to the Discerning Gamer for <laughs> review, uh, in which case uh, we'll, we'll happily we'll, oblige. We'll happily send take us an that. email. Yes, do it, Sony. Just Talk do to it. our people. Like, Please get in touch. <laughs> just, just come on, guys. Just do it. Like yeah. we can, we can do this. Yeah. Like, we'll test it. We'll play it. We'll tell you what we think. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, likely to be the response from old uh, Sony. So, anyway, on that note, I'm going to throw over to you, Ferg, for your news this week. Some news this week. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to get into some some pretty solid titles coming to PlayStation Plus Extra and the Premium Catalog soon. But before I do, a follow up on my news from last week, and it's sort of it's it's interesting that this come up because Simon's already poked fun at um, Blizzard, but. Last week, I was talking about the beta for Diablo 4 and when it might be announced and when we might get to it to um, play it. So, today, this is hot off the press, guys. This is bloody breaking news. Um, Blizzard have come out and said we've, they've given us some dates. So, those who already have Diablo 4 on pre-order, you'll be able to test the game first on all platforms from Saturday, March the 18th through to Monday, March the 20th. And the following weekend, an open beta will be available for everyone. So, even those who have not pre-ordered the game. So, that's going to take place the following weekend. And that's going to run from, what do we got here? Saturday, Saturday, March the 20th through to Monday. Me cracking my knuckles. (laughs) Me cracking my knuckles, get ready. (laughs) Those those, will listen up here, Steely. I'm trying to give you the dates, mate. I know you're chomping at the bit, but <laughs> Saturday, March the 20th through July. to Monday, March the 27th. So, I reckon I'm going to jump in. Actually, sorry, those dates are wrong. March the 25th through to March 27th. All right, weekend, so we've got an update so on the dates. We've got some dates, and I reckon, look, it's free to anyone. Even if you haven't played the game, there's going to be a free weekend. So, I'm going to jump in and see, we, see what I reckon. So, I might report on that later. So, anyway, that's some follow-up from last week. Now, the news for this week... Um, yeah, so those subscribed to PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium tiers have an, an impressive batch of new monthly games coming in hot, coming in next week. Uh, coming in on... Coming. F- coming in on no. February the 20, <laughs> 21st. So, um, yeah. this I'm enabling him by laughing. <laughs> That's when you need the bloody Arnie Schwarzenegger soundbite. I'm going to come. It sounds like JB's already there. Um, so, February the 21st, an impressive batch of games coming to, um, yeah, PlayStation Plus. So, this includes none other than one of the strongest titles of last year. It was Horizon Forbidden West and super massive game Summer Camp Slash of the Quarry. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. How good of a job Microsoft are doing with Game Pass and day one releases and just how strong their catalogue of games is and not 
games that have been out for a very long time, but games that have coming out and straight onto their um, subscription service. So it's good to see that Sony are now, I think, looks like with these two big titles, ramping up maybe some of the games that are coming to, um, yeah, their PlayStation Plus um, catalog. So certainly, Horizon Forbidden West going on there is a is a massive coup for for players who yeah. haven't already played Forbidden West, and especially given that. Uh, the Burning Shores DLC is not far around the corner, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a pretty pretty generous move by Sony to to put that up there for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So I got a full list here because I mean I've talked about Horizon Forbidden West and the Quarry, but there's some some other classics that are that are coming on the February twenty first. So here we go. Here's the list: Ace Combat Seven Series Unknown. Borderlands 3, Earth Defense Force 5, The Forgotten City, obviously Horizon Forbidden West, I Am Sedge Tuna, Lost Fear, uh, Outriders, The Quarry, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, uh, Scarlet Nexus, and Tekken 7. And for those who have the premium tier of subscription, there's a couple of classics coming, including an absolute classic, Destroy All Humans, uh, The Legend of Dragoon, Wild Arms 2, and a little game that I'm probably going to give a crack at some point, which is Harvest Moon, Back to Nature, which was a PS1 game which came out uh, early 2000s, I think. I think it's that old. So, um, yeah, there's some... Fantastic games coming. I wouldn't mind jumping in the quarry as well. I remember I talked about that game in the lead up to its launch last year. I actually didn't get around to playing it, but that looks like a bit of fun. Um, bit of a, you know, 80s inspired slasher, choose your own adventure, try not to get killed and survive the night type games. So, yeah, the quarry is, um, yeah, I'll give, give that a go for sure. So... Any of those titles interest anyone in the DG crew if you have not already played some of those games? I know most of us have... I think we've all played Horizon Forbidden West, except for me. Yeah. Yeah, I've played through that. I mean, I'm a little bit interested in potentially trying out The Quarry. I've heard hmm. a lot of good things about uh, about that particular title. and Certainly, Supermassive Games have, have got a lot of pretty... Pretty good games in their back catalogue with Until Dawn and, and games of that yeah. nature. But, um, yeah, so I might actually give that a go, depending on uh, time. But, uh, mm. yeah. I was really hoping there was going to be um, International Solitaire 95 uh, Schoolgirls on the back of the gym edition. But, unfortunately... <laughs> I uh, didn't hear that uh, title in there, Ferg. So um, not, not this month. Just, sorry, uh, mate. Deal with maybe giving destroy humans uh, a go instead. Destroy <laughs> humans. Yeah, well. Apparently, that's that. I've heard good things about it. So, and I've wanted to try it out, but I just haven't done it because I didn't want to pay for it. So this is very good for me. Yeah. Well, what's the date today? Yeah, uh, date of recording is the nineteenth. So a couple of days, and all of those games will be live for. Everyone to play, depending on what team you've got. Diablo oh. 4, Steely. Yeah. May 25th, I think, JB. A <laughs> little ways away. We'll have to wait like with I beta said, breath. cracking my knuckles. Um, Getting ready. The oh. other little bit of news I had with the uh, PlayStation Plus is that a little game, God of War, Ragnarok. So a free trial has just been, I think, in the last couple of days, is now available for anyone who wants to uh, try before they buy it. It got some favourable reviews last year. I think it's quite a good game. <laughs> yeah, I've heard heard it's not bad. So uh, yeah, God of War Ragnarok, get amongst it. And I guess that would be for like the premium. You doing, like you would do the trial and be like, 
nah, not for me. Yeah, no, <laughs> fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> don't like what I'm playing. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. So the the trials is the premium or yeah, the deluxe or deluxe whatever. The he- I think it's deluxe or whatever it's called in Australia. Deluxe. So the yeah, the classics being the PS1 and the PS2 games, and then the trials are all um, caged within the deluxe tier. But all those other games, extra tier, and you're there. Nice one, nice mm-hmm. one. Well, hold your horses, everyone, because we're oh, going to throw over to uh, on time. Simon Steely McLaughlin for a bit of news uh, <laughs> about oh, some fuck. impressions of skull and bones. You played it. Fucking hell. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? I don't know if anybody has here, and that's why I'm telling you about it now. So, fucking Ubisoft, back <laughs> <laughs> back at it again with the white hands. No, but uh, <laughs> back in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons again this week. Um, this is a story I first saw surface from one of my favorite YouTubers and voice actors, Yong. Yeah, on YouTube, he is a really, really, really good YouTuber. Incredibly good at um, you know, presenting facts and and putting a whole list of um you know different sources that he's had one of the sources that he has gone to for this is insider gaming um but in his video he mentions a slew of issues facing ubi fucked at the moment um but the crux ha- hang of on the title- <laughs> emotional damage <laughs> all right you can continue but uh, the crux of the the t- and, and the title of the video was about a group of playtesters who recently got to experience skull and bones in the flesh. So we know this thing is actually real now, and we also know for certain it's actually shit too. So, um, <laughs> well, well, hang on, do we do we know that? <laughs> that seems yeah, like pretty pretty new news. This is this, JB. All right, yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. As, um, as first impressions of Pirate Simulator 7, open parentheses, the Sea of Thieves mod, close parentheses, are not what Ubisoft could have ever wanted. So listen to this, guys. Play testers were given six hours with Skull and Bones, and with some of the main criticisms coming from the lack of any land combat to break up the naval combat, there were also some pretty deep criticisms of the experience overall, with most of the 10 play testers saying the game was nothing special. One player saying in their six-hour playthrough that they did not have, and I quote, one moment that felt genuinely fun. <laughs> wow. Rough. I got, go I got other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be when they do the accolades trailer for the game when it comes out in three years. They'll do the fucking, you know, they'll <laughs> put that mo- moment of fun. Yeah, some fucking play tester will be quoted underneath it and then one moment that was uh, anyway um so uh the title has reportedly been riddled with microtransactions as well um you can expect this from this game being a live service but it even has a battle pass already um with cosmetics for your character um an avatar you barely see in the game because it's because most of the bloody game you're out at sea and this motherfucking dumpster fire of the player that you're playing as is in first person anyway <laughs> Wow! <laughs> so why are you buying cosmetics for this game? Fuck me. You why are you soft? fucking buying cosmetics Shit. for any fucking game? That's my question. But uh, anyway. Well, that's true. 
Well, maybe you want to see them in a mini skirt, Joel. Come on. Or a <laughs> pair of stuff. Are we still talking yeah. about pirates? Yeah, or, or, uh, <laughs> That'd be a, you turn a few <laughs> heads on the open seas in a mini skirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me flange be out. <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> um, but look, after all is said and done, you need to feel sorry for the devs of this game. And I'll tell you why. Because I didn't realise this, but Ubisoft did some fucking weird dodgy deal with the Singaporean government where they actually were given some form of funding towards the project, which basically means no matter what, they have to finish this piece of shit and pick the corn out of it afterwards as well. So, um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, so, unfortunate for Ubisoft. And look, I can't say I didn't see this coming. I didn't see if thieves this coming get it mm. <laughs> just came up with that then yeah. um anyway now let's put ubisoft to sleep i mean i mean put uh that story rest just just um, before you go on steely i mean <clears throat> i i loved assassin's creed black flag and i think i've mentioned this before this was this is pro- and it's interesting that the playtesters are making the same thing what was so good about black flag was you weren't locked to your boat just like you weren't locked mm. to the land. And going back and forth between the two was just a fantastic, fantastic way to break up both of them. So it was sort of a yin and a yang thing. What made it so good is that you yeah. weren't doing it flat out. So, yeah, that was a concern I had with it. And it looks like, yeah, if you're just going to be on your boat all the time, that's probably going to have to be pretty good. And what's even more alarming is if you're not having fun in the first, like, in the first few hours of the game... Um, there's plenty of horrible games that actually start off all right and then they just get repetitive and, and boring. But if you're not having a good time in the first, what did you say, six hours or something, then... Six hours. Yes, yeah. danger signs. But anyway. Big time. Yeah, yeah. I, I get the feeling... they go for. I, I get the feeling that if this game was a horse, uh, we'd be doing something like a... <laughs> off to the clag factory. <laughs> <laughs> You were trying to find that for a while then, weren't you? Oh, my gosh. My yeah. horse. <laughs> my horse. All right. Yeah, cool. Anyway, <laughs> moving on from fucking Ubisoft, because I'm almost done talking about them as well. I'm sick of Almost. I was going to say, uh, for a guy that really dislikes Ubisoft, you seem to talk about them a lot, Simon. I have a secret crush, Ferg. Okay. Yeah. Don't fucking. Okay. <laughs> so what? Okay. I'm gonna come. Stop picking on me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Oh. Um. Anyway. So anyway. Um. In other news, everyone, PlayStation Five. PlayStation Five. Everyone, it's starting to get its day. That's right. The PlayStation 5 is now currently outselling out Nintendo Switch in Japan. So ending a long... Well done. Well done. Ending a long-running spot on the podium for Nintendo. I mean, it's about time, right? You know, Nintendo um, now, their strategy apparently is to try and get a second Switch into households. And now I reckon if you're trying to do that at this point in the Switch's life, it's fucking dead. It's done. You've got to come on. Next thing. Um, you know, not my favorite idea. I'd just like some fucking hardware, uh, to be honest with you. Um, But uh, well done, PS5 and Sony. Well done. How Mm. good's that, everyone? So more people Mm. are going to get to play God of War in Japan and all the other great games that are on PS5. Yeah. Nice car. 
Yeah, it's yeah. sort of we've sort of yeah. turned a bit of a corner, haven't we? We sort of console availability is now a non-issue. We've had how many? Mm. What is it? Are we two years, year and a half? How long's the PS Five been out? We've got a great catalogue of games, so we're sort of in the prime years of the PS Five now. I think now you've got the VR two and some mm. pretty neat accessories like that. It's um, what a time! I, I even saw I think it was EB Games had PS Fives on sale. On Fuck. sale. What? They had a, I think it was, they had a God of War Ragnarok bundle that was marked down by a hundred or fifty bucks or something. Wow! Trying to get rid of these things. Bloody what? Oh, shit the bed, first. Wow. Shit That's the bed. Amazing. Shit the bed, great indeed. News. Great news for anyone Can I get looking a to pick one up. The bed from my wife? No, <laughs> I'm shitting the bed from you. That's not very supportive. <laughs> oh, come on, C Mac. <laughs> The bed. Oh, oh there, oh, it, there is. it is. Very unenthusiastic. <laughs> to the party. Forced. No, yeah, very, very forced. Much, yeah, much to my dis- dismay. Um, on a final note, everyone. Now we talked about this um a couple of weeks ago, uh, which was about remasters because we were t- well a couple of weeks ago. It's probably months ago. Fuck, I've lost track of time. But we were talking about remasters and how typically remasters don't often get more of a like get a higher score than their predecessors or often match up as well. And I just wanted to highlight this this week, that Metroid Prime, um, as I mentioned, much to everyone's disgust of my talk about a Nintendo Direct last week. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, <clears throat> uh, Metroid Prime actually released last week and was reviewed this week to um, a couple of tens. It's getting mm. tens, everyone. Wow. Ten out of tens for a remaster. Um, of a game that came out on the Nintendo GameCube. Now, I've got to say I was pleasantly surprised and this is making me kind of go, you know what, I'm I'm ready to play this game. A lot of people are saying the only thing about this game that I guess, um, you know, they didn't realise was that the gameplay is so solid in it that it still stands up in 2023 as as like a, a modern video game that just mm. needed some some visual adjustments. So... I'm yeah, pumped. Nice. I'm pumped for Metroid Prime. Really pumped for that result, and um, I just wanted to share that with everyone. Like, I mean, would you even expect that of a game like Metroid Prime? Has anyone ever heard of it before? I told you just now that it was a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Definitely. It's just, you're all so fucking negatives about my bloody oh. Nintendies. Is that I just didn't know if you were bloody going to be a bladder about it or anything. Uh, Self admittedly, yeah. I haven't didn't play. The original on the old GameCube back in the day, but I'm familiar with the series, and it's surprising that more games don't get better reviews on the remaster for the reasons you just specified, Steely. Like, there's games mm. that have been around for many, many years that are just so fundamentally awesome. You just need to give them a new lick of paint, and yeah, they should be better in many cases. So it's good that. Yeah, some games that are obviously were amazing back in the day and still have gameplay that hold up today have just basically been given a new lease on life and given, you know, the care and detail put into it. So, yeah, in 2023, getting a 10 out of 10 for a game, which is what, GameCube? We're talking 20 years old now? Not quite. 20 years old. 20 years old. 100%. 20 years old, the GameCube. That makes me feel very old. that game at least, yeah, but yeah, Mm. yeah, a long time ago. Unreal. And was that so excited for that little purple box? Was that one released as far as like a Switch Online thing, or is that you have to go and buy a full price game? 
No, so you buy it, but it's it's not at full price. It's not like a full price video game. So it's yep. not at our sort of like, you know, $80 price point or 79 for a lot of Switch games, I think. But uh, that's $80 basically, isn't it? Like, mm. What am I counting dollars for? <laughs> um, anyway, but you can, what they did, and I think this is a kind of smart thing, is that they released it early on the eShop and they're bringing out a, a physical edition of it um, on, I think, the 22nd of this month. So... Um, only a few days away to pick it up physically. And look, I'm a little bit pumped. Even though I'm like balls deep in Harry Potter and having the time of my life, <laughs> I'm still really keen to pick this up. So Come again? What are we, was talking, about- Harry Potter himself, are we but- talking about the game here? or uh- <laughs> Truth. Legacy? Well, I was into Daniel Radcliffe at the front and I was like, mate, I see you, you see me. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait until I tell my wife I love this story. <laughs> That's and interesting. He was like, okay. He was like, <laughs> <"Pray> <laughs> <I'm cock." laughs> mm. oh uh, Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I should have said balls deep in the wizarding world, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, you were yeah. you were very uh, very accurate in what you were balls deep in there, uh, Simo. So uh, that's all right. I'm sure that. Uh, that it's uh, enjoyable for you. Lifetime. Mm. <laughs> oh, just... <laughs> uh, uh, I'm a bit of on myself for that game. Mm. Yes, hey, no. aimed right at your penis. <laughs> hey? Bit of levioso. <laughs> that's what I was getting at. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, Captain Obvious there. Anyway, um, mm. all right, well, Expelliarmus <laughs> aimed right there as well, Jamie. Uh, and what would that do, Simo? Oh, what would Expelliarmus do if aimed at, at someone's penis? Okay, yeah, that's it. Maybe your penis would just fall off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just off. sever off your body. Yeah, penile inversion. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, it is uh, yeah, often <laughs> described as Simo's weapon, so uh, I suppose it's uh, mm. yeah, unlikely to uh, stay attached. All right, mm. thank you, uh, Simo, <laughs> for that. Uh, on that note, let's uh, let's uh, throw over to uh, C Mac Pisty Pete uh, for uh, some talk about reports of some new gaming headsets. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Oh, very exciting. Simon's excited to hear about this. A little, little bit. Not, not... I haven't heard about it yet. So yeah, so you should really be saying. Well, I'm going to say it now. So oh, have you seen? Here, no, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say it now. Go. Have, have you seen? It? So you about this? shut up. No. Now, apparently, reportedly, PlayStation is working on two new gaming headsets, including wireless in-ear buds. So. Oh. Epic. So Insider Gaming has reported that according to its sources familiar with the matter, so it sounds like a friend of a friend of a friend, but anyway, mm-hmm. Sony is gearing up to release two new sets of gaming headphones for the PS5 with both scheduled to launch towards the end of the year or early-ish next year. So mm-hmm. we've got codename Project Nomad, which will be reportedly in-ear headphones not very dissimilar to AirPods with their own charging case and about a five, roughly a five hour battery life. And it will charge with a USB-C cable, um, and which will also be able to send updates to the headphones, like the DualSense controller, how the DualSense works. Mm-hmm. So the other product is um, codenamed Voyager, 
which will be a new wireless over-the-ear headset releasing around the same time. Um, and it, it says here, this is just a press start um, article I'm reading from, with a functionality close to that of Sony's in-zone H7 gaming headset. I don't know what that is, but... It's the one that's in-zone. It is. H7, yeah. yeah. It's the one after the H6. You could yeah, say well, it's it one H- that was... Yeah, uh, H7 off this... Too hot to handle. Mm. Too hot. Yeah. <laughs> I miss it. You what? Too hot to handle. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a good one. So fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. So they haven't so Insider Gaming hasn't actually confirmed any release date for the two products or how much they're gonna be. Simon told me today they're going to be a thousand dollars. Fucking what? Go. Well, I mean, so we can't buy look at, it. Look at their track record. They've got a, uh, you know, the PlayStation VR two for three million dollars. They've got the what's their new fan- dual wireless controller? With the fancy the controllers one that costs like as much as the fucking three hundred and fifty bucks. So yeah, yeah. I've got to well, say, I'd yeah. be I'd be keen to get some if if Simon and I were able to have a set each and have mm. a minute at the same time while we were playing. I'd be very keen for that because, yeah, it is, it'd be loud in our house with mm. children sleeping. So, yeah. I don't know. It depends on how much they are. If you can hook up two sets of headsets to oh. the same PlayStation, I doubt it. But if you can, I'm almost there. Because, like, 2000 bucks. What a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah, fucking right. bargain. You have to have sex with three old men to do this. <laughs> <laughs> they pay big. Oh, Jesus. Uh. But anyway, would anyone be keen? Like, would you guys be keen to get something like that, or would you stick with the old over the head one or over the head ears? I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> my my setup at the moment with my PC is I've got wide headphones, and it is the absolute pits. Like, by the time you get a wide controller in a wide yeah. headset, you're just tripping over yourself. So wireless is the way to go, and I just. Yeah, you got to have wide wireless stuff. I think once upon a time, you know, if you wanted the best sound quality, you were looking for the over-the-ear, you know, tubs, tube, what I used to refer to them as, anyway, on your head. But I've got a set of Apple AirPods, last generation ones, and the sound quality in them is unbelievable. Um, so just having something that's small and comfortable and doesn't get in the road is, yeah, absolutely the way to go. It's exciting, yeah. Again, it'll have I'd to come down to... Look into it what it costs and if you can justify mm. that value like all of the mm. stuff i mean we're having a bit of a dig at sony with some of their products because they're expensive but they are unbelievable so it's just a justification of how much money you think you can spend on these things but no doubt they're going to be really good fingers crossed they sort of mm. in that sort of price range i think airpods and maybe what are they 400 bucks ish i mm. think 400 500 yeah, bucks maybe pro certainly yeah yeah so, although the Apple AirPods Max, the ones that are over the ear, are mm-hmm. about eight or nine hundred dollars, yeah, okay. uh, roughly Australian. So, uh, they are starting to get a little bit exy once you move into that range. I mean, at the moment, I've got the Pulse 3D Sony earphones. Yeah. I think they were, uh, I can't remember, maybe hundred bucks or something, mm-hmm. or you know, between hundred and two hundred bucks. Um, and they're they're Perfectly fine earphones, like good sound quality and everything. I I actually stopped using them because when I had them on, I couldn't hear when the kids were waking up and they would come out to the lounge room and see me absolutely (laughs) brutally murdering someone on God of War. And then I suddenly look and they're standing right there next to me. I'm like, oh, geez, you shouldn't be watching this. 
lot of you been there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I just yeah, I've opted to just sort of play play at night with the the volume sort of turned down, and you know, it allows me to sort of be more aware of my surroundings. So, I don't see myself dropping a thousand dollars on a set of headphones. Um, for, for playing PlayStation, the ones I've got are fine. Um, you know, I mean, fucking hell, for a thousand bucks, you'd you'd want them to be a bit more than just a set of headphones. You'd want them mm. to bloody wake up and make your coffee in the morning as well. Like, mm. uh, that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Casey, for that news on the headsets. And on that note, we're going to throw into this week's novelty segment. And uh, this week, we're going to ask the question, what is a game that you feel has been given an unfair critique? So this is off the back of Hogwarts Legacy getting uh, unfairly uh, rated as a 1 out of 10 by Wired last week. And uh, so we're we're just asking the question, what are some other games who've uh, copped a bit of shit and perhaps didn't deserve it? And so, uh, Steely, would you like to kick off this uh, this little novelty segment this week? Yeah, I was given two good feet, JB, so I can. I can kick off. Um, All right, well, let's <clears> fucking do it. Good one, me. The ball's hardened. So, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, look, um, look, I um, I I chose this game because I've got to be, I've got to I've got to tell you, this game currently is sitting at a fifty-four on Metacritic at the moment. Now, I think oh, that's a little bit ludicrous. Fucking hell. A little bit ludicrous. This this game has a, a slight, a, um, you know, era of controversy about one particular part of the game, and that game is Sonic Unleashed. Do you like that? A bit of an intro there. Yeah, that was nice. It's the extra S's. Nice. It was for effect. That was great. Um. So now this game cops a lot of state. Sonic. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that would have worked with the delay, but that doesn't matter. It was there anyway. Oh, um, no, so now perfect. this game. Oh, good, good. I love that. Now this game caps a, cops a lot of flack for the nighttime stages in the game. It's for anyone that hasn't played Sonic Unleashed, or for those of you playing at home, it's a game basically that is split up into daytime and nighttime stages. So the nighttime stages you become the werehog, and it's more melee combat based. Um, and did you just say the werehog? The werehog, yeah. Okay. It's where you basically cut the skin off a hedgehog and you wear it. <laughs> no. I thought it was some reference to, you know, how hogs a slang term for for a man's <laughs> penis. Uh, maybe maybe Sonic's just swanning around with a with a huge strap on on or something, wearing a hog. You know. Anyway, I don't know. Bad joke. Well, no, it's, it's actually meant to uh, be because at night time, like, he turns into a werewolf, but he's a hedgehog. Okay. That makes a lot more sense, uh, actually. Yeah, it does. Um, these nighttime stages basically slowed down the gameplay and, and, and kind of brought it to a bit of a grinding halt. And look, it's not my, although it's not my favorite part of the game, um, I mean, come on, Sonic Unleashed to this day is graphically the prettiest Sonic game to date for start. Uh, um, it has the best cut scenes of any Sonic game to date. That's including Frontiers. 
Um, and is some yeah. of the most back-breaking level design in it as well when it comes to the daytime stages where you were just you were cruising through those things at just the most incredible high speeds and you have to really think fast. Um, and, you know, there is a reason why the boost formula was such a huge part of Sonic's future after Unleashed. I think it's because, you know, for the first time ever, it really felt like you were moving at the speed of sound. And I think a lot of people, you know, when, when you think of Sonic... You, especially when you think of Sonic in animations, you see him move so quickly, so fast, and you kind of go, oh, well, in the games, that doesn't really happen. Whereas in this game, you actually have the opportunity to do that. And I, I think that is just, um, yeah, it was it was, it was delicious. Um, but yeah, the nighttime stages really are my only bugbear with the game. There's plenty to collect in the hub, in the, in the hub world. Oh, sorry, plenty to collect. And there is also a hub world part of me to explore. Um, and I would love a remaster of this game with a couple of tweaks to it, maybe just to speed up Sonic in the nighttime stages a little bit so he doesn't feel so sluggish. Um, I think that would just be really great, and it's a bit of a bit of a shame that they haven't done that, considering this game is completely backwards compatible on Xbox Series. So um, I would I would love to see that happen to Sonic Unleashed, uh, Unleashed, Unleashed, but yeah. That's um that's the game. Look, I I think that that game honestly at least it should have been given a seven. Mm. Should have collectively a seven. It's not the best game in the world, but I think for those daytime stages on the on the PS3 and the Xbox versions of the game, um, I'm I was so digging that when I played it. I was just mm. like, yeah, yum, get in me. Mm. So mm. yeah, Sonic Unleashed. All right, Sonic Unleashed. <laughs> there you go. 54 is a pretty dismal score, isn't it? That's the Bloody applause. sad, isn't it? Yeah, that's the applause that you deserved back in the day, uh, Sonic. So uh, get that in you. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, Casey, do you want to uh, talk about your your title? Yeah. My game? Yeah, go well, for it. Well, we think 54 is not pretty bad. Um, my game got 46% on Metacritic. So. Oh, yeah. fucking hell. <laughs> And you know what? It's very, very fitting you do the Wii U horn, Joel, because this right. is a Wii U game. Oh, okay. But I'm making it sound like I hate it. No, this is about being underrated. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So my game is Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, a little game that came out on the Wii U, as I just said. Five out of ten IGN gave it. So it's a, it's a very underrated game, I think. it's a, It's been compared way too many times to Mario Party. Now, it is a board game-like game where you travel around the board, but this this game is, it has been, it's not Mario Party. It's not designed to be Mario Party. It's designed to be a laid-back, relaxed. If anyone's played Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing is not a high-intensity game, you know. Mm. Okay, a bee might come after you, but that's, that's about it. Fuck. Yeah, Simon gets very anxious about the bees, but... <laughs> That's about, about as stressful as it gets or catching a fish, you know. Like, it's a relaxed game and people just don't understand. And I've got um, Eurogamer reviewed it one out of five. So that's that's probably the worst. Wow. And it's saying it's a Eurogame to, a, Eurogame to avoid. And it even states at the beginning of the review that he has an unreasonable attitude to have because he believes it's not a proper Animal Crossing game and therefore it's bad. So there you go. You're already saying like it's uh, it's not even justifiable that he's saying this, but 
Most reviewers are saying how dull and sedate it was. It refers to a lot not being enough like Mario Party, which has lots of mini games and Animal Crossing just doesn't. But he kept mentioning in this this review that good parts like, you know, the, the events and the visitors and the quizzes and all of that, it's actually really fun. So it doesn't even make sense to give it a one out of five, like, like with Hogwarts Legacy. We keep playing yeah. it and we sometimes we have to pause and talk to each other and go, how did this get one? Like this can't, not, what person would have given this one? Like it's, it, it's playable. Like that, maybe, that's at least a two. You maybe know. they had a stroke in the middle of playing it and they thought, oh, I'm going to blame my stroke on this game and now I have a negative connotation towards it. Something but anyway, like, and yeah, and IGN, the very, very first sentence of IGN's 5 out of 10 review says, I almost fell asleep while playing Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. I started to snooze on my sofa, so I told myself that the gamepad was dying. Anyway, literally went to my room to take a nap instead of playing. Like, who writes that as the beginning of a review? It's so rough. And then it says after that, to its credit, Amiibo Festival can be very relaxing in a uniquely Animal Crossing way. So yeah. anyway, it just frustrates me because you know what? It was a game that Simon and I really enjoyed just sitting back on a Sunday, just playing, you know, it's just like playing a relaxing board game, not not stressful. And I think it was very unfairly rated. Especially for people to compare this to Animal Crossing as a series. I mean, for <laughs> everything that the look, everything that this game did really well was actually capturing the essence of Animal Crossing yeah. within it. The, you know, you you would take your turnips and things to market to get bells and you'd have to pick the right day to sell. Yeah, a little bit of gambling. Um, but there were these little cutscenes in between when you were, you know, receiving bells for a particular event that was like, you know, some such and such got a haircut. You complimented them and made them feel good, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like stuff that you would find in an Animal Crossing game. So it really bugs me, though, that, you know, it's like nobody sits there and goes, oh, Mario Golf fucking sucks because you don't platform fucking shit. Nobody talks about <laughs> it like that because at the end of the day, Mario Golf is Mario Golf, not Super Mario Odyssey. So <laughs> fucking separate the two, you know, that it's a side game. It's not meant to be a true Animal Crossing experience. Or, or, or Mario Party. It's, it's yeah. its own standalone game. It's not anyway. called Mario Party fucking Animal Crossing comes to town. <laughs> if it was, then I would be pissed off. You know? Stupid. Yeah, so yeah. I agree with me in case you didn't know. Yeah, mm. I agree big time. This this is a great <laughs> game to sit down and have a glass of wine with and, and a bit of fucking soft cheese and watching the sunset. That's what that's the what that's In how the you should play this game. Mm. There you go. That's my well, yeah, well, again, it's a classic case of docking points off a game because you're comparing it to something that it's not trying to be. Mm. So how how is that yeah, exactly. how is that fair? Unless they've come out and said this is our Mario Party take on the Animal Crossing universe. We're trying to emulate that or whatever. Then maybe you can you're justified by saying, well, in comparison to what they're trying to do, they haven't quite done it. But if it's a if its own entity and standalone thing, and yeah, I've played a lot of the Animal Crossing games, and they are very relaxing and chilled out. And if I went into an Animal Crossing game and I was bombarded with, you know, quick thinking things that I had to do, I'd be probably put off as a fan of the of the series. Right. So. The things that they're commenting and docking points for are probably what makes the Animal Crossing games unique and Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. I mean, chilled out experiences. Well, you know, I right. I I knew that Casey was going to talk about this game, so I did uh, scour the internet Ooh. to 
see if I could find any comment from the developer on on these these low scores that uh, <laughs> the game had received. And uh, I actually found uh, just it wasn't a long clip, just a short clip uh, from the developer. And uh, here she is just commenting on uh, on some of these poor reviews. It's been 84 years and I can still smell the fresh paint. Mm. (laughs) Not really sure what that was in reference to, but uh, yeah, it's... uh, yeah, understandable, <laughs> understandable viewpoint to have. Been a long time since we've heard that soundbite. Yeah, it's been, been a minute. That's, that's <laughs> like OG throwback. Since we've said too hot to handle as well. It's, yeah. really, it's a night of firsts, everyone. Yeah, we're going to play all the greatest hits tonight. Uh, all right, well, thank you, Casey. I'm so sorry that they picked on uh, yeah, your, your Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival game so hard. It's all but, right, uh, I'm over it. <laughs> Okay. I'm not over it. <laughs> fucking assholes. Well, just because it doesn't have guns and question blocks in it, all of a sudden it's not a fucking good game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Whoa. Dang. All right. Boom. Uh, <laughs> what have you got for us? What have I got? Well, <clears throat> I had a good old think about if what games I could find with notoriously bad review scores that I actually liked. I couldn't find any. Um, but the game that I'm picking... Maybe a little bit controversially, it was given a decent score. I think it was the Metacritic scores, depending on what um, console or platform you played it on, was somewhere between 70 and 75. So it actually had a quite a decent Metacritic score. But there were a few outliers, which I think were pre- maybe, you know, your 50s and stuff like that, which I think were a bit unfair. So the game I want to talk about is Batman Arkham Origins. I said this Arkham Origins. <laughs> Not Batman Arkham Origins. Oranges. 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 Yeah, I was going to say. Origins. Origins. Yeah. So, (laughs) Origins was, it was the third game of an, you know, third game in an unbelievable series of games. So, you know, prior to this game coming out, we had Arkham Asylum, which was the first game. And then we had the follow-up, which was Arkham City. So, it was game three in... Basically, four games. The first two were developed by Rocksteady Studios, and Origins was developed by Warner Brothers Games Montreal. So, I think it was probably unfairly criticised a bit because the predecessors were unbelievable games and set such a such a high benchmark for it to sort of you know um, compete against. So, when it came out, most of the the reviews sort of felt like it didn't live up to expectations and. Um, maybe it was a bit lackluster in comparison, but where I think this is maybe a little bit unfair because obviously this is a completely different different studio that's come on board to, you know, develop this game. And, you know, my understanding was, or my understanding of the situation was that the publisher Warner Brothers knew that there was going to be some kind of lag in between Arkham City and then the following game, which was coming out called Arkham Knight, which was being developed by Rocksteady Studios. So they basically got Water Brothers Montreal on to create basically a standalone game, which is a prequel. I think it sits about 10 years before the first game. And so I think they sort of would have had expectations to basically follow suit. You know, we've, we're on a good thing here. People are loving these games. We need another game to tide people over before Arkham Knight comes out. So 
I reckon their uh, their memo on this game would have been tell a different story, but you know, don't rock the boat too much. Just produce something that's super solid, and that's what they did. And I actually really, really enjoyed this game. And so I think maybe Origins was unfairly maybe compared against the first two games, where in isolation it would have been you know given a fantastic score. So I don't know. What do you guys reckon? Do you think maybe it was a little bit unfair for them to be conf? compared this game against the Rocksteady Studio games or do we think that they probably should have done more as far as pushing the envelope for these series or I don't know. No, look, I'm, I'm with you, Ferg. Um, being somebody that's played all four of these games, um, I think that, you know, to Warner Brothers, Montreal, wasn't it? To their, to their mm. credit, um, they really... For some for some reason they were able to completely nail the same formula that had been pre-established by the first two games and still give an experience that being set in a completely different time period of that that universe and that story um they were able to really just nail the gameplay and and with a solid foundation make something that felt I think to their credit felt cohesive within the series so it felt like it belonged and I think that People often criticize it far too much because of the fact that I think in their heads they go, Rocksteady didn't develop this. I'm going to be upset about it. Mm. And I, I just don't think that's fair. You know, I, I, I think if you didn't know who was developing it, you'd probably not even know that it wasn't a Rocksteady game because of how well they've actually taken on uh, the... I guess the the mechanic of, of what is the Arkham series and they've done such a fine job with it in that game and i mean i really wish that when you know the arkham series was given its remasters for you know one and two mm. um and i i don't think three got a one in a part of that bundle i really was hoping that origins would get a little bit of a um a remaster in that bundle as well because i'm with you i really enjoyed the experience and i think that um even though it did get a pretty good score it's still pretty unfair I um I think it deserved a bit more. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah, it's disappointing that in out of those four games, everyone sort of you know maybe it's they're looking at that one saying that was the worst of them. But if you enjoy this universe, you you're being honest with yourself, you would have loved this game as well. Um, I think the Metacritic score of seventy five is probably pretty close, maybe a little bit higher. But the people that were giving it fifties out of a hundred is, I think, really unfair. And to say, look, they've just done the same as the other games. I don't know if you did that. If you, I mean, a copy and paste. No, it's not even a copy and paste. That's yeah, like we said, it was amazing in its own right. So, yeah, I think it's unfair to give a game like that fifty just because you're uh, comparing it against something else. Mm. Yeah, fair call, fair call. Uh, all right. Well, the game that I'm going to talk about is Days Gone. So. Days Gone was developed by Sony Bend. It has been and is currently part of the PS Plus collection. Mm. Um, for PS4, it scored a measly 71 out of 100 on Metacritic. Uh, now, one of the mechanics that set Days Gone apart from the hundreds of other zombie games which were absolutely saturating the market at the time with the zombie hordes which would gather together and attack the player by the hundreds instead of, you know, by the, the fives or tens. 
uh, ensuring a white knuckle and breathless experience. So the main character of the game you play is Deacon St. John, who before the zombie outbreak was a member of a biker gang. And as such, his motorbike plays a pretty significant role in the game with the player being able to upgrade the bike with expansions to how much the bike can carry performance upgrades and weapons such as metal spikes to skewer the zombies with as you're you know, fanging down the highway. Um, the game had uh, some great crafting options um, throughout it and had a, a combat focus mode which allowed the player to slow down time temporarily to aim and take out enemies. Uh, and this was, I guess, I mean, that's a fairly common mechanic now, but at the time... You know, these, these guys were, were one of the first ones to sort of really uh, implement that mechanic. Um, I know that when I played this game, it had me on the edge of my seat with heart racing on several occasions as I was, you know, clumsily hiding in a bin when, uh, you know, literally thousands of zombies were swarming the site where I was standing. Uh, and, um, you know, it's a, a really solid open world game and... Deserving of a score probably in the mid-80s, in my opinion, not a 71 as it actually did. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, what, have you played Days Gone, Ferg? I haven't played Days Gone. I reckon that was one of the titles that I mentioned last week or the week before in the PlayStation Collection catalogue, which is available. So, yeah, I definitely. I, I, I know of this game. I remember when it was due to come out. Um, I just remember seeing the the trailers and just those the, the zombie conga line of just whores just chasing you and following you and just I mean I remember it having a lot of hype and I'm just I just wonder if sometimes some of that stuff sits in the back of critics' minds when they go to review these games they get some kind of you know expectation of where a game should potentially go and they sort of dock it if it doesn't it falls a bit short to their expectations i don't know because i i just remember that game came out or when it was leading up to coming out there was heaps of hype around it um it looked super cool there was heaps of people that were gearing up and pre-ordering it and stuff like that but um yet to play it um but no excuses with it being in the collection so it's something i'll definitely um yeah look at at some point off the back of your good recommendation gone Something that Days Gone suffers from um, is being compared to obviously, look, in my mind, a superior game being The Last of Us of a post-apocalyptic zombie story, which is, you know, the, one of the most original zombie stories that could possibly be told. It kind of felt like that it was just years after that game where it came out and was just telling another zombie story, but with the hordes of zombies, much like what we I don't know if you guys remember seeing like the Day Z trailer or no World War Z trailer with I think it was fucking Brad Pitt or something and they're all climbing up trying to get up to a helicopter and it just looked manic mm. and like I think that that was one draw card of the game but you know unfortunately I mean I played it with Casey I downloaded it because I was free and I said hey let's have a look at this because apparently you know it's not too bad I've heard good goodish things about it I only got the seven. And I think I um I think I removed it from my PlayStation as quickly as I uh, bloody downloaded this game. I really didn't care for it. Mm. Um, and wow. I don't know if I was suffering <laughs> emotional damage. <laughs> I don't know if I was suffering from that same you know oh the Last of Us was so good how was this ever going to live up to it? But having said that, I played it knowing that it wasn't going to be anything like that. 
And I still just, it just didn't grab me one iota. And I, I don't know. I, I personally think that the reviews are well, well and truly worth what, what it got. But I mean, that's, that's just my humble opinion. Um, you know, if you loved it, Joel, that's fine. I am the discerning gamer of the year. So my <laughs> opinion only matters. <laughs> well, I mean, what was your gripe, Steely? And what did the critics sort of not like about it? Um, well, my main gripes with it were, and I, I mean, I, don't, I haven't read a review for this game since it came out because I, again, lost interest very quickly. But my gripes with it were, I mean, I didn't find combat all that interesting or fun. It didn't feel as, um, I guess, as high stakes as playing something like The Last of Us did. And again, that's another comparison to make. But I found that when I was, like, there was a point where, Quite early on in the game, I was running around some buildings trying to stealthily pick up certain things to get parts for my bike. And like there were just about four zombies walking around, just kind of standing in the middle of the car park, not doing a hell of a lot. Um, and I either would go up and stealth them or like shotgun them. And then this one would run after me and I'd climb up onto a roof and they couldn't get to me or something. I just got bored. I was just kind of like, oh yeah, like this isn't, this isn't anything I haven't seen before and nor has it done any better than anything I've seen before. So what, what's the point? Um, but I also didn't like the story. I didn't like the main character. Oh my God. Didn't like his wife. Didn't like the the, the, <laughs> the purpose Even the wife's got yeah, a spray she's under time. the bus. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's not even like I'm I wanna be mean about it. I just I didn't like it at all. You know, I just I found it to be a very bland story and with not much motivation for it to take place. Like, there you go. You know, it's not a very good revenge story in my eyes. I think mm. there there are better ones like The Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean that's what um, it is. <clears throat> Sorry, if, if we look at some of the highest rated games in the last how many years, all of those games have got compelling characters which you absolutely resonate with and care about and are invested in so you know you're the last of us you god of wars um and that's where a lot of stories sort of fall over when they've got characters in them which are supposed to be a big deal but if you don't really care for them too much and sounds like steely doesn't like anyone in the uh the whole universe of days gone you're just rattling off everyone that lives in that town but... <laughs> Mate, what was his name again <laughs> uh what was his name what, what? uh deacon st john that's a fucking stupid name. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, hang on. Emotional damage. The, we might have a listener out there with the name Deacon St. John Simo. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, I no, but they are probably a much better person than this character, <laughs> and therefore they've got a beautiful name. And I love mm. them. Well, thank you very much. I mean, <laughs> any of these four games that we've just mentioned, uh, do we think that uh, Hogwarts Legacy is a better game or worse than the each of the games that we've mentioned? Because personally, I mentioned Days Gone. I think Hogwarts Legacy is a much more superior game than, than Days Gone, that's for sure. Uh, wh- yeah. What do you think, Ferg? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. Batman Origins, fantastic game, not as good as Harry Potter 
or sorry, Hogwarts Legacy. Mm. Timo, uh, what about Sonic Unleashed? Does it hold a match to uh, Hogwarts Legacy? No, not at all. And, and, you know, I was saying to Casey the other night, this Hogwarts Legacy is one of those games that I feel like it should bug me for all the things that it doesn't do well. You know, like the characters being a bit robotic like we talked about last week or, you know, certain little things like that. But And then you look at how much detail there is in every other part of the game and you go to yourself, there are all the different, you know, um, different houses that you could be a part of and all the different variations in the dialogue and you can almost forgive it for the fact that it, ha- it has put you right in the middle and, gi- and given you all of the options for um, that experience to be as close to yourself as possible. And I think that that is just an absolute feat. And, it, it, yeah, it deserves incredibly high praise for that. Um, and it's a, a very fun experience as well. And what about you, Casey? Do I mean, I lifted think- a sheep up out of the ground the other day, everyone. I lifted <laughs> a sheep off the ground. Fuck. What wow. a fucking thing. It certainly is, yeah. <laughs> 10 uh, out of 10. Casey, do you think it's a, a better game than uh, Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival? <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hogwarts Legacy is just slightly better, just, just, uh, just a smidge. Well, not according not to Wired, yeah, which would have no, given no, Animal Crossing a 4 out of 10 <laughs> and uh, Hogwarts Legacy a 1 out of 10. But yeah. oh my uh, God, no! Hogwarts Legacy craps all over Amiibo Festival. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I mean, ha- how far into Hogwarts Legacy will now? I'm I'm probably about nineteen, twenty hours in. I'm I'm Jesus. sitting sitting about fifteen. Mm. And we're still a bit behind. You we're at ten. We're at ten. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm still finding new shit. There's mm. still new shit that I'm I discovering know. every time. Like, I got trained how to catch beasts the other day which mm. was like that was that was only like yeah. a couple of hours ago in the game to me and so now i'm cruising around capturing beasts which is just like another bit of fun there and i mean you know, I, yeah i was having the same thoughts today when i was playing i mean i'm 15 hours in and i've just learned how to unlock doors so well, you know you oh, i can't wait for that <clears throat> far out which is probably I mean, one a very small gripe. Like, I've probably gone th- past a 1,000 locked doors mm. in 15 hours. Now I can only just now unlock them. So I, so yeah. my plan of attack that I was talking about last week was to just run off and just randomly do things. I've sort of realized that I need to play a bit more of the main story in order to get all the spells unlocked and get all sure. those things before I then start trying to go after all the collectibles and stuff like that. But, I mean, I reckon Simon knocks it on the head for my assessment of this game as well. This Is is this a perfect game? No. Is it an amazing game? Yes. Are all the things which I love about this game just sort of removing any small kind of gripes that I've got with the game? Yeah. like What it does great is amazing and any sort of shortfall that I might think the game might have, and as we're alluding to around the story and stuff like that, it sort of just it doesn't matter because what it does great is you know picks up the the slack well and truly. So I reckon this will be in my game of the year. Uh, wow. Um, I'm not saying it will be my game of the year, but it'll be in the conversation for sure. I, d- I don't think we're going to see another one or two games that come out this year. I don't think which I'll like more than Hogwarts Legacy. Now, I've got Starfield, which I'm very much looking forward to. If it comes out this year. Well, until we hear otherwise, 
Well, I assume it's coming out. So, I don't know. Just looking at what's to come out, I don't think there's going to be too many more experiences this year, which I'm going to love more than Hogwarts Legacies, but mm. I'm happy to be proven wrong. Well, all right. On that note, uh, that's about all the time we have for this week on the Descending Gamer podcast. I'd like to thank the DG crew, starting with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thank you, Ferg. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. And Steely, uh, Simon Steely McLaughlin, thank you. Thank you so much, Joel. Thank you for casting Levioso on uh, every part of me tonight. Very, just <laughs> having a good time. Had a great time here tonight. <laughs> yeah. Thank that's, you. That's, you're welcome, mate. And uh, last, <laughs> last but not least, uh, si- uh, sorry, Casey C Mac, uh, bloody uh, Pistol Pete McLaughlin. Can I get him out of your mind? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, uh, he lives there rent no, free. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, save a piece for me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can get in touch with us on all the socials. Uh, we are the Descending Gamer uh, podcast on Facebook, Descending Pod on Twitter, and you know, uh, look look us up. You'll find us. And we'll bloody <laughs> see you next week. See Just ya. don't look us up in the yellow pages. Bye. We're not in the yellow pages. It's 2023, everyone. Stop looking at it. Because we're not there. <laughs> Just put us up on the things that we're on, you know, and listen to it. Sure.